Hello friends, trade your wellies for flip-flops and grab your scuba tank. You're listening to Blame It On Buffett. Well, I sailed from Lauderdale down to Key Largo. Crossed the Gulf on a fast loop and I sailed the Abacos. As a kid I read Contiki and now all the pirate books too. There's just so many places on my list to see. I'm going crazy just trying to choose. Welcome back to Blame It on Buffett. Um, I'm still here. Hopefully you're still wherever you are and doing okay. Um, thanks for hanging in there with me. I did get a new job for those of you who are following my life drama. Um, I have a job now, so that's really uh, exciting for me. And thank you um, to those of you who continue to support the podcast. I really appreciated it, um, especially when I was unemployed. Um, and I, we have a new supporter. Um, I didn't, I, I don't, wasn't sure how to check. It doesn't like give me contact info for you or anything. So I didn't want to say your name without your permission. But if you would like a shout out, um, and this goes for anyone who uses the support button on Anchor, um, if you want a shout out or and or would like some Blame It on Buffett stickers, please message me, um, email me, contact me in some way to let me know. Because I don't want to just do it without you giving the go ahead. Um, you can email me at blame it on Buffett podcast at gmail.com or message me on social media at blame Buffett pod on Instagram, Twitter, and you can also find it on Facebook. So yes, uh, if you're listening, you know who you are and please let me know. I'd love to send you some stickers if you would like some. Um, I am settling into my new job, so things probably will still be a little sparse here at Blame It on Buffett. Right now, I'm just aiming for maybe once a month or once every three weeks um, for episodes. Uh, so thank you if you are still listening. Hopefully, you will be okay with just enjoying an episode every now and then when it pops up. You can follow um, if you subscribe on Apple podcasts um, to the podcast, then you will get, you can see whenever there's new episodes or whatever podcast listening platform you use probably has some kind of subscription or follow option. <clears throat> so if you do that, then you will be alerted. Um, also, if you just follow my social media, I'll always post when there's new episodes. So thanks for listening. Um, this week, my guest is um, Helen Kendra, who is a friend of Eddie's who was my guest on the last episode, um, <clears throat> which is really fun for me to just get to meet new people. Right now, I feel like a lot of my episodes are just sort of like Buffett fan episodes, which um, doesn't mean I won't do more other types of episodes in the future. Um, but it's just sort of who I've been meeting lately and being introduced to some really cool people who just really love Jimmy Buffett. You know, it's not like they have something to promote or they're not musicians or whatever. Um, but I really love talking to them too, just because it's so fun. Uh, and <clears throat> Helen is from Wales. So, uh, it's, it was really cool to hear about what being a parrot head in the UK in a different country that is in America is like, um, there were definitely some surprises for me, things I just either hadn't thought about or, <clears throat> you know, would assume would be the case, but weren't the case, those kinds of things. So, um, it's really, it was, it's really fun episode. And, and if you're a parrot head, uh, and haven't really had 
much interaction with parrot heads outside the states, I definitely recommend uh, listening to this episode because it's just really cool to hear how Jimmy has influenced someone um, in a pretty different culture, one where, <clears throat> excuse me, one where Jimmy Buffett isn't really as common as he is here in America. Um, and we also talk a lot about uh, scuba diving and sharks, which is really exciting. There's a fun story there. So yeah, I don't really have much uh, other housekeeping I guess just want to say, like, I hope everyone is doing well. Um, and if you do have ideas, like I said, I'm like getting introduced to a lot of cool people. So if you do have ideas about like big parrot heads that would like to come on, um, if they have something, you know, if they're like the head of their club or whatever, I'm, I'm kind of doing a lot of those just straight up fan episodes right now. I'll try and find a few other episodes soon that are maybe with some cool products or um, musicians. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just really feeling just talking about Jimmy Buffett with other people who really like Jimmy Buffett. So please enjoy uh, this interview with Helen Kendra. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's interview on Blame It on Buffett. My guest this week is Helen Kendra, who was actually introduced to me um, by Eddie from last week's episode. This is basically how I get all my guests now. It's just they're friends of people. (laughs) So uh, Helen, welcome and thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited, um, A, to not have to put any work into getting guests, um, (laughs) and also uh, to get to talk to somebody who is a Jimmy Buffett fan that actually lives uh, in a different country, because Eddie, you know, he goes to, like, the Paris concert and stuff a lot, which he talked about, but um, to actually talk to someone who is a parrot head from a different country is really exciting, and you live in Wales, is that correct? I do, Cardiff, Wales. Um, yeah, it's very, 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 very wet today. So I'm glad to be doing something not outside. So, <laughs> be, I feel like in my, I've never been there, uh, but in my mind, being wet is kind of one of the main things I associate with Wales. I don't know if that's correct or not. And that would be exactly accurate. <laughs> uh, which I live in the desert uh, in Tucson, Arizona. So to me, that sounds really mm. lovely. Like I would kill for some very wet weather right now, but I'm sure if you get it all the time, it's less lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's like Cardiff, I would say is definitely one of, one of, if not the wettest place in the UK. <laughs> um, it is definitely something that Wales is known for is the rain. Um, but then Tom Jones wouldn't have had anything to sing about when he sung about the green, green grass of home. Oh, so, well, there you go. You know, it's, it's, it's def- there's definitely a reason why it's very green. Um, <laughs> but we do get a lot of rain and it's just that that time of year at the moment where it's cold, it's wet, it's windy. It's just all of that. So I'd quite like to be in the desert right now. <laughs> well, we can trade. Well, let's just do like a house trade, you know, and I'll come live at your house for a while. You could come live here for a while. And then, um, uh, and then I'm sure we'll be sick of the weather after a while yeah. and we can trade back. We could do our version of the holiday, that movie. Exactly. I was yeah. just about to reference that. And then I was like, I don't know. She probably won't know what that is. I shouldn't bring up that movie. Oh yeah. my god, I love that movie. I know it's one of those greats that you always got to watch at Christmas. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I always watch it at for this is not related to Jimmy Buffett at all, but if you haven't seen The Holiday, you guys, anyone listening, it's a it's a pretty fun Christmassy type movie to watch, so. Yeah. When 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 the out. US meets the UK and 
fun and hijinks over the holidays (laughs) (laughs) and it has so many good i love like everybody that's in that movie all the main actors um are really great uh it's fun to see jack black in like a more sort of regular person role because a lot of times he's just in like really crazy character roles yeah uh and he's just more of like a regular guy in that which is fun but absolutely i mean he's still jack black but <laughs> yeah but a toned down version. yeah yeah One that you like a real person with without you know needing other, other substances to get you through it you know he's right a nice, calm jack black that's right <laughs> yeah Totally, totally. Okay, well, that I guess. Now, welcome to uh, Blame It on Buffett, the, where we talk about the holiday. <laughs> to do it, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> I was just trying to like think quickly if I could like somehow tie that movie to this, like the theme of this podcast, but like in no way. I like could not come up with anything except that like I feel like they she drinks a lot of wine sometimes, which like drinking is a thing that parents like to do. But other than that. <laughs> was the only thing (laughs) um anyway that was (laughs) just totally off track already um so (laughs) tell me about well okay let's start I sometimes I don't even get to this to the end but let's start with it this time okay what when did you like learn about Jimmy Buffett start list like what's your Jimmy Buffett fandom trajectory okay so one thing you've got to know um and anyone listening once you leave the States, very few people know who Jimmy Buffett is. Okay. So, you know, his his music, it's not like it, in the States, even if you're a fan or not a fan, you know who Jimmy Buffett is. He's like part of culture. Mm-hmm. You know, people have been to a Margaritaville or they've heard the songs, you know, it doesn't have to be your thing, but you know who he is. Over here, you say that name, it, you... It's it's like, uh-huh, what? Just like blank stares. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And then you try and explain trop rock and they just look at you like, you're making this up. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't know why, but I kind of love that. That just, it's just like, that's not a real thing. What? You're like, insane. I know. I know. And it, it's it's one of those things, like, I, I try and explain it to people. And I kind of break it down. I kind of go with, you know, it's like Caribbean infused country folk rock or beach life you know surf island life having a great time living life to the max being adventurous and they just keep giving me this look of yeah are you feeling okay <laughs> and then like okay should i keep saying more words like will any words trigger a reaction here and when you add in like you know you dress up in tropical gear and you and it just goes over the over the heads so the like the community of sort of european parrot heads i'll i'll use loosely with brexit looming um, <laughs> <laughs> um we're we're a small we you know pretty much i'll know most european parrot heads and some in australia as well so they you know we are a rare breed but i mean i i discovered uh, jimmy buffett and it and i have to hand it to her it's all because of my mother really she'll love that <clears throat> um but i went to the keys for a holiday when i was 16 so i was 1997 and we went to Margaritaville in Key West, just sort of stumbled upon it. My mother sort of knew who he was. She, like, she knew the song Margaritaville. 
Um, but I was sort of like checking it out and, you know, all the decorations and it's, you know, this cool vibe and it's like, oh, I quite like this. And then I went back um, to the Keys again for another holiday two years later in 99 with another friend of mine. And we said, right, we've got to go to Margaritaville when we're in Key West. It's got to be done. And um, still digging the vibes, you know, like, oh, yeah, quite, quite like this. like the music. I'm just picking it up. And then I went back again two weeks by myself. It was heaven in 2005. And that was it. I immersed myself <laughs> The music, everything, it, I just, it just all just fit. It, 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 everything I loved about that part of American culture and being down there and all the things that I love. I mean, I'm, I, I'm genetically predisposed to love to travel. I mean, I'm the daughter of an Air Force pilot oh. and a British Airways air stewardess. So, so I've kind of got that. I've got that travel bug, that need to have adventures. And I, I was a scuba diver for 10 years. So I managed to dive all over the world. Big one for me is um, like marine conservation and just a passion for the ocean. Um, so it all kind of just worked. It just all fell into place for me. Um, and obviously over here at that time, he, you know, he didn't play gigs over here. It just wasn't a thing. Um, and the first couple of times he did do uh, gigs, it, they seemed to just pass me by. And this was like the early days of social media, like in 2007. So, you know, it wasn't like, you know, if you if you hear Buffett's playing somewhere, you you hear it. it, it whatever social media you're using, it just lights up and you know about it. it it's really easy to find that out. But, you know, those are the sort of older days where, you know, you had to do a bit more work to find out this stuff. <laughs> like you had to read the newspaper or something. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> unless, unless you really knew it wasn't going to be hev heavily advertised. So those first couple of gigs just passed me by. But, um, yeah, I, I went to my first Buffett gig in Paris. Um, it was when he was playing Olympia. He'd done a couple of uh, really, really tiny shows um, in these little, like, hole-in-the-wall places um, a few years before. That would um, have been so cool to see. Yeah, I mean, the friends who I have who went to that, to those ones, that, so it was like a sweat lodge, but it was like <laughs> it was like 200 people, and that was it. Um, it's one of those, you know, awesome things to have done. Yeah, um, but, like, would never happen now. <laughs> <laughs> well like he he then moved up he did a I think he did one year at La Cigale, which is where he's now that's his that's his spot in Paris um but then um he went to Olympia which is a bigger venue than La Cigale, still not huge um and that's that's the location where I had my first Buffett experience and I a couple of days before I was a couple, no, a couple of weeks before the gig um, one of the people who were going, who was going, um, Kim, um, she set up a pre-show party, um, for the Parrotheads who were going to be going to the gigs, um, at the Hard Rock Cafe in Paris, um, which was a brilliant idea. And I was going, I didn't know any other Parrotheads. I didn't know anyone else who was going to this gig. So I thought that would be an awesome thing to go to, see if I can get to meet people and talk to people. And I messaged this little group page that we had, which is now 
it's a lot bigger than it was. So she set up the Parrot Heads in Paris Facebook group. There was just a small group of us on there to do this um, this pre-show party. And um, I messaged the day before I left and um, to see if anyone's coming from Wales, just as a, you know, put it out there. Maybe there is another parrot head in Wales. You never know. <laughs> the one other I'm, one. <laughs> I may not be the only one. And I did actually get a message from someone saying she was from Risca. So I got really excited and I couldn't imagine a parrot head being in Risca, but that's a whole other story. Um, and yeah, and I, I went um, before the, I went to this pre-show party and I, didn't know anyone and I met amazing amazing people and the rest is history it just it's it's the one one of those things that I look forward to every year and the the Paris gigs have got bigger and bigger and he started to do more of them so he would do he did the one show for a few years and then he went to two shows and he did that for quite a few years um then he moved to like three shows um and then four shows which was oh, wow. 2018 I didn't know he did that many shows there I thought it was just like one <laughs> that's the thing like because so many people now want to go because it's kind of become I tell you what it was when the have you seen the Parrothead documentary the yes. Parrothead movie right okay mm-hmm. so they were filming in Paris with us in 2013 I believe um, so they were interviewing some of us. My interview did not make the cut, <laughs> but I am in it. I'm on the balcony pulling some awesome dance moves, of course. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> I'll have to look out for you the next time I watch it. <laughs> um, but a couple of my friends' interviews did make it into the cut. But what we found is after that movie came out, I think it came out in 2015, there was suddenly this influx of people who went, oh, we've got to go to the Paris gig. So we started having hun- like hundreds of um, join requests to our group. Oh. And people were coming who'd never been before. I mean, the group of us, there was a kind of a core group of, of parrot heads who went to these Paris gigs leading up to that. And you'd have new people coming all, you know, every year. But suddenly there was this, a more of a focus of more American parrot heads coming to join the uh, the rest of us um than there, there than there was before so there was a more of a demand for the gigs so he just started adding more dates and then last year um he decided to change things up a little bit and add Dublin and London um oh. two Paris gigs and Dublin and London so it added a whole other element putting Ireland in there and London in there um but it was just awesome absolutely awesome um. And I just, it's, yes, yeah, one of my favorite, favorite things every year. And I can't wait for next year <laughs> for all of this to be yeah. and get back to it. Because yeah, it's an amazing, true. amazing community of people. Absolutely phenomenal. And it's one of those things that you try to explain to people about Parrot Heads and Jimmy. And you, the one thing I, I, I worked out very quickly is that you're never a Parrot Head alone. You can be at a gig that you don't know anyone at. You you know, you're a bit nervous. You can be a bit anxious. You don't, should I be here? You know, whatever. Just start talking to someone. You, you say that you're by yourself. You're not by yourself anymore. They just take you under and they just, 
yeah, just fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, Had yeah, the I best time. Like when you went to the event for the, for the first, first time, time and, you know, you didn't know anyone, but you came out of that with a lot of new friends. And I feel like that's one of the great things about being a parahead and loving Jimmy Buffett is it's just kind of like an instant community that yeah. <laughs> you didn't maybe know was there um, until you start sort of like joining groups and going to events. And it's like, you don't, you don't need to know anything else about a person that's just like, Oh, we all love Jimmy Buffett, yeah. you know, and that's, <laughs> we're friends because of that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I love that was like the, that was also your experience because I feel like that's kind of, how th- that's like what I sort of expect from um you know that being a Jimmy Buffett fan and like going to things where you might not know people that's been my experience but it's nice to hear that that's the case in other places yeah, too absolutely and I think because you know being a parrot head in Europe you know whether you're an American living over here or you're a proper you know European parrot head it's so unique that you automatically have that bond because you like something and you lo- you know right. you do it with such passion and fun that nobody else really gets and the faces of the are oh, that it makes me laugh every year i mean they're getting used to it but especially in paris you know the fashion <laughs> capital of the world and we're there you know coconut bras hawaiian shirts strolling down <laughs> just throwing beach balls and you know it's just awesome and they it takes them a little while to get used to it but oh my word yeah the, those looks that you sometimes get from Parisian <laughs> hilarious <laughs> yeah I guess I could imagine like that that sort of bond and meeting someone is probably like you said even stronger in a place where there's even fewer people that really love Jimmy Buffett or even know who he is so when you find someone else when you meet someone else that that is really into Jimmy Buffett. It's like an even more of like an instant, like, okay, well, like we're best friends now yeah. <laughs> because, because so few people in, you know, the area or whatever are, um, which is funny to me because you'd think that in a country, uh, where it is like pretty rainy and cold a lot, like you'd think those people would need jimmy buffett even more like i feel like you would expect it to be popular just because it's like that escapism aspect you know um yeah i mean that's but it's just funny that it's like as an american like as an american uh musician it he like hasn't sort of like more broadly made it around the world because like every i think there's like in every place there's room for for that kind of thing where people like well i just like don't want to be here anymore so i'm gonna like pretend i'm gonna listen to jimmy buffett and pretend like i'm you know in key west or wherever i think it's like i i don't think the music translates well here i think they i think the the potential i mean the take country for example the uk never did country it was just people didn't get it now there's a slow build of a bit of a country community and every year there's this gig that happens in three locations it's glasgow dublin and london called country to country and it's got bigger every year so they have all these country artists coming over to perform and in the big venues and they fill them um i think it, the potential is there but i kind of don't want it to right because it kind of makes because then you're talking then the, the gigs are going to get bigger and then that community is just going to get too big and 
right now, and it, as it has been for the last 10 years for me, um, it's just been this amazing community of people. And we all know each other. Um, we're all really good friends. Yeah, there's a load of us that are really good friends. And, you know, you meet new people all the time. Like, I mean, how, I, like the whole thing with me and Ed and Joanne, I mean, that, <laughs> you know, I've now, I class them as friends, but I met them because of Buffett. And, you know, I've stayed with them in Key West and they, it's just the most amazing community of people. But yeah, I can't, we can't, I think a lot of us feel like we like that he's kind of not known because right. it makes it more special for these gigs. Cause you know, it's, it's a whole different thing when you're talking about the States, the size of the States gigs are just humongous. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. And also being, um, like you're one of the admins of the Parrot Heads in Paris Facebook page. It's probably a lot easier to manage a Facebook page that isn't like some of the Parrot Head group Facebook pages that are like the bigger, just like, um, I guess, like not location specific ones just are there's just so many people on there. And I just feel like it's probably a nightmare for the admins to try and like really manage that in any way where you would actually be um you know removing content you don't want on there or you know like monitoring what people are saying like it's kind of impossible when you know there's so many posts and every post has like hundreds of comments yeah um so it's probably maybe nicer for that in that respect too but like what what is being an admin of the page like like is it do you find it pretty easy like because it is a smaller group or um well, we recently, well, I say recently, this year's just gone crazy, but um, relatively recently, we hit 2,000 members. Now, when it started, there was like 30 of us um, on this page. So it has grown. Um, we have some strict rules for the page because we want to make sure it's a friendly place for everyone. Um, you know, we don't, we don't talk politics. We don't use, we don't allow advertising. Um, we'll, will occasionally allow something to raise money for charity, depending on what the charity is. But we just, and we don't allow any bullying of any type. Um, so we just try and keep that. It's keeping those things sort of ticking over and making sure people are following because we want it to be a nice, friendly, safe place for everyone. Um, but as you say, some of the pages, the other, the other ones that are out there, it's just wall to wall, you know, advertising and hey, you can buy this for me. And oh, look, I've just, created this new song or you know no, no. and it can just overwhelm but we want to keep the, the that small community feel to the page and to the, the people who have been to the gigs are planning to go to the gigs you know and it and it's awesome for that and everyone shares information we create events for those gigs um so like a friend of mine susan she created this um picnic below the eiffel tower sort of in the gardens behind and it started about three years ago. Um, and it's <laughs> the amount of people who now go to it from when it first started, it's like trebled in numbers. <laughs> but it's things like that. You know, people will set something up to have that. You know, there's been a karaoke night and, you know, rum tasting there's been and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's awesome. It, it can be a lot of work if we get some people who aren't really being very well behaved. <laughs> yeah. Which I think, you know, Facebook, you always have a few of those people, no matter how tight of a ship you run, you know, there's always someone that is going to 
be a jerk. <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had a few. We've we've had a few, but generally everyone's awesome, and I I love being part of it. I'm so glad Kim set it up. Um, me and my buddy Francesco, we joined, you know, to become admins years ago, just to you know help her out because it's a lot for one person. So it, I love having that connection. I love having that community and being a part of it. It's just, it's just fantastic. I love it. Um, is it sort of mostly um, people who are either going to go to the Paris show or people that live more in that area? Do you have, um, I don't, I mean, I don't have that many listeners, so I don't think this would really, really be an issue, but I, <laughs> I want to prove, I was going to say a flood, but I don't think it would be a flood. It might be like three people. Um, like I'm wondering if people wanted sort of, know what's going on in that group like is it okay to join even if like you don't live over there or are you do do you really try and limit it to like if you're gonna go to the shows over there or like if you live in the area no we don't use that we we always put we've got some questions for people to answer to join to kind of weed out any of the the crazy people (laughs) (laughs) You aren't on there for legitimate purposes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we we kind of it, it is for the people who've either been to the gigs or are planning on going or still attend. Um, a lot of we do have some people join who haven't been planning to go f- to the next one, so they want to be part of that community. Um, if you've never been and you have no plans on going to those gigs, it's probably not the best group for you but because it's mostly talking about that yeah absolutely Um, absolutely yeah um and you know it is it is as I said it's a special group of people and we love doing it love everything about the European gigs they're just they're very unique are there um do you have like parrot like chapters of the parrot head club like the the non-profit organization over there well there i think there is a there is a group for the uk parrot heads um which is run by um friends of mine um it i if i remember rightly it was at one time an official parrot head club they'll probably yell at me if i got this wrong um (laughs) because their father ran it um who's no longer with us unfortunately um but now it's sort of it, it isn't under the official Parrothead Club um, anymore. We've talked about the possibility of doing that again, um, but other than that, I mean, I, I had a look a few weeks ago actually to see where you know when you go on and you see all the Parrothead chapters, Parrothead Club chapters, and I think there's there's one in Australia, mm-hmm. and that's outside of America. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, if I could picture any other country that wasn't America having one, I feel like Australia seems like yeah. that would make yeah. sense. Um, there, there was a Margaritaville in Sydney Harbour, and I've got family in Sydney, and I would t- I'd tell my cousin all the time, just go to Margaritaville. Just go and see what it's like. And when he played the 2012 Sydney gigs, 
And I was like, dude, you just got to go. She's like, but I don't like him. I don't know him. It's like, dude, you just got to go. Just go down there and see like the party outside just to see. And then that'll give you a taste of what the kind of thing that I'm in, that I'm involved in. Um, but she never went. She never went. Um, and she was waiting for me to finally make it over there to go to Margaritaville with her. Now it's closed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had one in uh, Phoenix and it closed. So I don't know if, I mean, that was like a, several years ago now. Um, so I don't know if it's just kind of like that was a trend of like a lot of them are closing. Um, but I'm sure like the one in Key West, you know, like the main ones, I'm sure will probably yeah, never close. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many of them now. And you yeah, know, now with the resorts and then the ones on the Norwegian cruise line and you can always find one. <laughs> it's no yeah. shortage. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, like, on one hand, you know, I consider myself pretty hardcore OG. Well, I mean, I guess, like, not OG, but, like, I've really loved Jimmy Buffett my whole life, you know. But also, I'm, like, totally an easy mark for anything. It's like, oh, Margaritaville? Sure, I'll go there. Oh, they opened yeah. a resort? Yeah, I totally would want to go to that, <laughs> you know? Like, Oh, he makes sunscreen? Yeah, I'll buy your sunscreen, Jimmy Buffett. Even though, like, he has, you know, probably nothing really to do with that, except that he gets <laughs> some fraction of the, yeah. the, what, of my money. But, like, <laughs> I'm, like, such a, like, just, I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's probably fans that are, like, oh, like, Margaritaville. They're just, like, they make everything. And, like, why would I buy that? Like, but I'm just, like, yeah, it, it, says, it says Margaritaville on it. Sure, I'll buy it. <laughs> no, I'm with you there. I mean, it is, it is. It's a brand I love because it just has brought me so much happiness in, you know, Jimmy's music, the concerts. It just, it's that little connection to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is an empire now. It's yeah. just humongous. So I, it, and there again, like, I mean, I've got people uh, over here who never heard of Jimmy, don't understand what I'm talking about. But when they've been on holiday, they've been to a Margaritaville, but not knowing mm. that what that was or, you know, what it involved. They just saw it. Right. And, you know, it was just like, oh, here's a restaurant and we could go to eat there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've got people, oh, I've been to a Margaritaville. Is that it? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's it. You did it. That's it. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> Um, yeah, that's, that's so funny. I mean, honestly, the thing, or when you were talking earlier about like trying to explain it to people, yeah, most people here know who Jimmy Buffett is. Like they've at least heard of him, even if they haven't heard much of his music, but definitely the trop rock thing is still like, I try to explain, if I say trop rock around people that like, aren't part of the Jimmy Buffett community, like not my friends, you know, that already know what Trap Rock is. Yeah. Like there's just like a glazed look of like they have no idea what I'm talking about. So <laughs> I find myself often having to explain, try to explain what Trap Rock is, um, <clears throat> as well to even to like mostly people here don't know what that is either. Um, because like Jimmy Buffett obviously is is a lot bigger, but Trap Rock as a genre is newer and like most of the other musicians that sort of fall into that are like le like much you know like smaller less well-known musicians so yeah. when yeah. I say that to people they're just like I don't know what you're you're just saying <laughs> words that mean nothing to me 
It's like my problem all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think I feel you a little bit in that regard because, yeah, it's definitely a struggle. And then because there's not really a like one unified specific definition for trap rock, like like you said, trying to explain it. It's kind of just like, well, yeah, like, you know, like Jimmy Buffett, like tropical things. So then there was kind of like these other musicians and they started writing about stuff. It's like kind of escapism. But like sometimes it's just about like storytelling. But like a lot of times it's like about the beach, I, you know, and they're just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I'm like, just don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And I, I haven't got really into the whole trop rock thing from that. I mean, I, there's certain artists that I really like, but I, I haven't got crazy into the trop rock scene at all. Um, I do have friends who are, um, you know, they're like John Frenzy and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, I haven't gone. I mean, I, you know, I love that, that he's had a bit of a, a ha- sort of paved the way for other artists to have a bit more of that, couple of songs here and there of you know that kind of tropical life and in infused like Kenny Chesney and um Zach Brown band and they've kind of they're sort of trying to bring it more mainstream um from you know the trop rock artists but I just like I just I just love the I just love it it's just like a state it is a state of mind isn't it it's, yeah it's just yeah so much fun so much fun yeah it really is and I think um like the trop rock thing I only got into it sort of discovered it because I joined when I moved to Arizona I joined the Parrot Head Club here like the actual club um to, to meet people because I didn't know anyone here and that was like my first group of friends because like you said like you just go to I just went to like a happy hour and I didn't know anyone but by the end I was just like friends with everybody um and uh but the reason that I like really got into trap rock and like a lot of the other musicians was because they would come and play house concerts like for the sort of people in the club also knew about these musicians. And so they would like bring them over um, and, you know, they would just play they like sort of in the yard or whatever. And so I, I really like met a lot of the musicians in person and like heard them, you know, play in person. And, and that I think really got me into it a lot more than if it was just hearing their music yeah so I could imagine like probably not a lot of them come over there to do house concerts as much I might actually know a a few um who do like tour little trips and tours and stuff that you can actually go on them with but but I'm sure probably if it was more ingrained in the Parrothead community there in that sense yeah then maybe people would sort of get into it more and like know about the different trap rock musicians more but I think when it's more of just like oh I'm hearing some names but you know you don't really I don't know you kind of have to go out of your way to listen to the music or like you're not sort of meeting the people um as much it's probably less of a like so closely like here I feel like it's just now really closely tied with the parrot head club yeah so that's probably <laughs> oh sorry um 
I also wanted to ask you, is there here another, but this is also because more of the established club, um, but there's a really like a sort of giving back element that's associated with being a parrothead for a lot of people. Is that the case over there or not as much just because that's like the official club isn't a thing? As much? Yeah, it's more of that. But I mean, I think, I think all of us, we know that kind of goes hand in hand. So we've all done things to, you know, for charities, just not under the name of right. being a parrot head club. And that's part of what you've got to do. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a, we've, we've all done different things and there has been times in uh, Paris in well, in European gigs in general, where someone's doing something to raise money for a particular charity. So they'll create a wristband. So my wristband collection is quite vast. <laughs> um, so if, you know, for a cancer charity or uh, one of the UK parrots, he's one of the Scottish parrot heads. Um, he has um, a foundation in uh, memory of his daughter. And uh, we've all sort of done things and uh, helped raise money for that and awareness of it. It's such a great cause. Um, and so we're all kind of do that anyway. It's just not an official need to do right. kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, but I think, I guess my point was, even when it's not like an official thing, it seems like somehow that's kind of become sort of integrated into like the parrot head culture. So, um, I mean, not that, not that other people don't also do things to give back, like plenty of people just do that no matter what, but it, it just seems like it's sort of become a part of being a parrot head for or maybe it's just that parrot heads are a lot of good people, so they're likely to do that on their own anyway. Um, but it definitely, I feel like, is kind of, seems to be sort of a big part of it, even for maybe people that aren't, like, forced to do it because they're in the club. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think I think, I think, think it does go along hand in hand. You know, we've all got that. Um, everyone's, like... A, everything all the parrot heads that I know they're awesome um we've all got similar characteristics and likes and dislikes um, when it comes to music and um and life you know being quite adventurous you know I think that goes along with it but I I think you know I I don't think there there probably are parrot heads who just like don't want to do anything for charity I'm sure there are um but I think in general if we can we do I think it just um just a good good group of people to do that so yeah yeah you mentioned um that you know you're into scuba diving and um like ocean conservation and that kind of stuff do you have any sort of specific ocean related charities or things that you like or is it just basically anything to do with that is yeah your jam yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) I, I definitely found out more about surf rider foundation from ed um from knowing yeah, me too yeah. <laughs> um but yeah just in general I've always been one uh for marine conservation um although like just being in uh, trust me on this if you ever <laughs> get to hang out with Ed and Joanne they brought things up to me in my head which I've never thought of when I'm on vacation I say I, I went I went American for you I went vacation um <laughs> instead of holiday <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but like I think 
there's loads, there's so many great uh, conservation projects out there and charities and raising awareness. And I, I definitely see over here that there is more of a focus on, you know, trying to clean up the oceans, trying to clean up the beaches, um, all that kind of aspect. There's there's a lot going on with that. It could be a lot more for sure. Um, but I think the UK does, and people, some people are really surprised about that, but have quite a surf community. There's some amazing, amazing surf beaches um, around the UK. Um, and I I bodyboard. I dappled with surfing for a few years. It was never very good. And then I got some tissue damage in my leg and I just can't get up onto a board. It's just impossible. So I bodyboard whenever I can. I'm not a winter <laughs> surf person i will say that because in this country when it's cold it's cold it's it's not like surfing in the tropics or anything like that yeah no for sure uh i'm from oregon and it's the the coast there is the water is very cold and when i was a little kid i would just swim in it and like no big deal and now i like put my foot in it and i was like nope 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 (laughs) but you see people out there like yeah not as many as like tropical easy to surf places but like you see people out there um in the water so I think you know like I guess people that are really passionate about something will do it anywhere if they can absolutely I mean people do surf here all year round and the waves can get pretty intense in the winter with the wind that we get um I mean my last my last time in the waves was about a month ago I would say um it yeah, I, I'm. You know, I was. I was satisfied. It was. It was really good waves. Caught some great waves. Um, I was just flying that day on my board. It was just awesome. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's me done for until until spring. Yeah, I'll put it away. That's, that's good. I'll I'll end on a high note there. That's good. Yeah, that would totally be me. I'm definitely a fair weather anything to do with the water, just because I hate the cold. So. Like I like I also love scuba diving, but I've only been scuba diving in the Caribbean and Australia. Uh, well, um, so I I don't like I could scuba dive in Oregon, but like I'm not interested. In that. I know I I learned in Wales that was to do your final test you know, dive. We were doing it in March. There'd been a storm. You couldn't see a foot in front of your face. You, it was just the most claustrophobic, horrendous experience, and I just wanted it over with. <laughs> I had one of the guys I was I was uh, diving with that day had a panic attack because she couldn't oh. see anything. It was dark. Oh, no. It was horrible. So I've never chosen to dive in the UK after that. There was just no point. So I'm a bit like you. I would dive lovely tropical coral reefs, yes. just amazing stuff. <laughs> But here, you might get lucky with a seal. Mm, well, seals <laughs> maybe, are nice. <laughs> yeah, or maybe, maybe when you're out, maybe some dolphins if you're lucky. But generally, it's it's very different. It's very different. You might. <laughs> it's quite dark, and yeah, there's some fish. Um, but yeah, no. no. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the people who are more into that is like they really want more of like a challenge, right? Like they're in it because it's kind of more of the extreme element, right, the, right, the extreme thing. Whereas I'm just like, well, if I can't 
like see 30 feet in front of me and like all the coral and the fish like why like why would I want to do it if I don't if I can't see anything you know and if I can't just like (laughs) easily float along and like be comfortable (laughs) I'm just totally a fair but I really love it in like like you said like tropical warmer places where there's a lot of like things to see um I I love it and I did I have done like um like a deeper night dive so I guess that's like you can't really see a lot you just have a flashlight but that's kind of like an adventure so I guess I could see how it might be kind of an adventure to do it in places that aren't just super easy but it's just like the cold water is the thing that I just am like "Mm, I'll pass (laughs) no and that's the thing I, I I just couldn't see the joy in diving off the UK I just couldn't and some people do I give I you know, hands in the air, I, I give all respect to them. I just couldn't do it myself. Just couldn't yeah. do it. It's yeah, too no, I definitely, it's, I'm impressed by people that do do it because I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Did you dive when you went to Key West on your trips or? No. So I, I dive, I was a diver. Uh, when was it? When, I, when did I, I had to give it up in 2000 and, seven to yeah 97 to 2007 um I dived all over the world I was really lucky went to some absolutely amazing places but I had to give it up um because of medication reasons um but now any chance I get I find a coral reef and I'm out there snorkeling I'm diving down but I miss I do miss being at the depth and just cruising along a reef I miss that um and also you get more of a, a chance to be in the water with sharks when you're further down which mm-hmm. I love sharks I absolutely love them I mean that is fitting as a Jimmy Buffett fan <laughs> yeah, yeah, I also absolutely. love them <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you like you can get lucky when you're snorkeling absolutely you can but you kind of encounter more of them if you're at depth mm-hmm. so I do what- that aspect of it but I have so I'm I think mostly the sharks that I have that I've seen when scuba diving were like smaller like white tipped reef sharks um have you what types have you seen like multiple different types of because I love sharks and I would love to do more shark um diving like intentional like go to places where sharks are because I think they're really cool and um there's a lot of um stigma right around sharks and uh I think they're really important to our ecosystem so it's you know you kind of I don't know anything that we can do to sort of like break the stigma of like sharks are bad and going to murder you you know which is not necessarily like in most cases like that's not gonna happen um so I would love to do some sort of intentional shark diving but what different kinds of sharks have you seen Oh, I've been I've been pretty lucky. Um, I have oh god, I'm trying to think. Right, okay, I've done I've definitely done uh, black tips, uh, white tips. Um, I've done lemon tiger. Ooh. Um, oh god, I'm trying to think. Oh, my brain's gone blank. Quite, I've done a lot. I've I've been lucky. Um, that, that there's one particular dive which is a bit of an it was a bit of a story so I was in the Maldives for Christmas wow 
greatest Christmas I've ever had. On Christmas Day, I did two dives, um, which was just awesome. But I did an unofficial dive in the Maldives. And I don't know if the rules, probably the rules have changed since I was there. And this was 2001, I think. Um, but <laughs> I'd done my refresher and I'd been out on a few dives and um, was quite chatty with one of the dive instructors. And he kind of said to me uh, one afternoon after a dive, he was like, look, a small group of us are going out on a, um, on a dhoni tonight to do a night dive, but it's not an official dive. So I was like... <laughs> not an official dive. So, well, we... like if you die, they're not responsible. Is that <laughs> what that means? <laughs> yeah, the Maldives had, and it probably still does, have some strict rules about night dives and how many dives you know crews can go out on the reefs at different times. Mm. So you could you could officially book yourself on a night dive, but this wasn't one of them. <laughs> this was an off the books. We're going out on this wooden boat. Just a couple of us. Um, I'm going to take you to a spot. Are you up for it? Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, let's do it. So literally they came to, they, they pulled offshore from the side of the island that I was on. And I literally walked out to this wooden dony boat, um, put my stuff in there. They had my gear ready. There was just, I think it was four or five of us. Um, including this guy and we went out it's pitch darkness like just moonlight just that picturesque stars in the sky you're going out and I'm just thinking this feels ominous to me <laughs> like it's so, too nice <laughs> well these are the things so you're like oh this is this is quite cool and what we're doing am I gonna die I don't know but it's all right <laughs> um, and we we stopped at this point and they said look we've got um, got my big flashlight. Great. Okay. So just follow the line down and then we're just going to wait at this point and then I'm going to show you something. I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> this is taking a different turn. And um, <laughs> so I went down and like, you can't, you really couldn't see very much coming down. It was dark. It was dark. So we reached this sort of ledge on the reef and we all sort of knelt down and he just sort of did his little eye thing, symbol thing. It was just like, look, look over here, look over here. And he had this huge flashlight and he just moved it across. And it was a scene from an Attenborough episode. It was hundreds and hundreds of sharks. Oh my gosh. Right in front of us. You know, it was just, I literally was like, oh my God, what have I just done? <laughs> God, that sounds so cool, though. It was it was intense because, again, because it was so dark, there was some light coming from the moon. <laughs> that was about it. And you just had this guy's flashlight, and we had little flashlights. And when the sharks sort of clocked that there are people there, they were like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's check this out. And a couple of them got a little over-friendly. Oh, no. When I mean over friendly, one went for my tank and I ended up with a um, a tooth lodged between the mesh and the tank, um, which Whoa. I later used, uh, took to the jeweler at my resort who put it in like a necklace thing for me. Um, and then a, the guy I was standing next to had one shark not just come at his face, 
and he caught the top of the guy's mask with his tooth. Mask came off. This is dark. <laughs> Just remember how freaked out we all were. We were like, yeah. oh my God. But you can't panic because you're at X depth. You can't just shoot up to the surface. And they would come in quite friendly. And it that was intense. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the types of sharks they were because it was too dark. But they... A couple of them were definitely checking us out. But, you know, <laughs> we survived. We survived. And that's one of those stories for me. It was just, how often does that happen? You know? Yeah, no, that's, yes. I mean, awesome. even, like the fact that he didn't tell you that that, like, <laughs> it wasn't like, okay, we're going to do this night dive. There's going to be a lot of sharks. So, like, are you cool with that? <laughs> you know? No, and nothing. then also, like, I feel like when you go on shark dives now, like, <laughs> more organized ones it's like okay if a shark comes at you like here's what you do right like here's how you like put your hand on it and like guide it away kind of like they sort of like teach you not just like okay we're gonna go down uh and it's gonna be real dark and there's a surprise and the surprise is there's a ton of sharks and you don't know how to deal with it <laughs> and it'll be all good you're all fine it's fine nobody knows where out yeah here. It's all fine. yeah so, and, like, uh, we might all be eaten, but it's totally cool. <laughs> and I'm sure they did do, like, official shark dives, but this was just so kind of, like, just not all good. It wasn't, like, it wasn't on the books. Nobody knew we were out there. So if something did happen, nobody would have known about it. Yeah. Looking back, you're just thinking, okay, what the hell was I thinking? But, I mean, that is a as an experience is just oh yeah yeah I mean like those are the best right like sometimes you just kind of have to take a risk and that's how you have the best experiences like if you had gone on like an organized you know shark dive it probably would have been not as cool as that because that's just like how the world works (laughs) and I think I think they were all there like having a bit of a you know it was dinner it seemed to be they were all kind of chasing their dinner it was nighttime let's do this and we turn up and like oh that's new like hello (laughs) who are you can i munch on your arm (laughs) but i mean there's there's still um two sharks that i've never been in the water with which i am desperate to do um so i've never done whale shark so i definitely want to do that I really want to do whale sharks too. I just feel like the size, you know, the scale of that, that like whale sharks and manta rays too are a thing that I would love. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to do, um, great white, but not, look, I'm not crazy. I'm not going to go in free diving with great whites. I'll take a cage. I'm quite, but that's going to be, what it's part of what one of my um next trips that I want to do, which is South Africa. So I definitely, definitely have to have that experience under my belt. I yeah, yeah. that shadow of a That's doubt. amazing. Do you do you plan like you've been to all these amazing places? Was it sort of intentionally for scuba diving or was it just that you were going anyway and they happened to be good places for scuba diving? When I was diving, that was a big drive because it's one of those things you always have to dive once a year to keep things up. Otherwise, you have to do your refresher. And I never like to do the refresher course. Um, so it was to keep things ticking over. So I always tried to go somewhere tropical um, that would allow me to do it. Um, but now I just have to satisfy with snorkeling. But I 
I do and I and I love it. So I think on, on my trip in November last year, oh my God, it's almost been a year. Um, <laughs> so weird. This year is so weird. <laughs> how did that happen? But I did so many snorkeling trips on that on that trip to the Keys. It was unreal. I just had a week and I was just going back to the places that I knew, new places. And obviously I was seeing it when I was in Key West, staying with now friends who are locals. It, you kind of see it in a different way. Um, and yeah, I just love it. But I love that to me is heaven. You know, you put a palm tree there, white sand beach, turquoise sea, a coral reef. I'm there. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a go- I'm, yeah, that's heaven. Same, same. I mean, I feel like that's kind of like, right, what makes us, I mean, not that there's, I'm sure there are Jimmy Buffett fans that like, don't care about that. Yeah. But I feel like if you, the majority of Jimmy Buffett fans is like, your ideal trip is is what you just described because <laughs> that's kind of like what he you know sort of the vibe that he inspires so absolutely, absolutely. there's definitely I'm sure mostly crossover between those two things I so I've been to Key West twice now and both times were for meeting of the minds which is like the big yeah sort of musical event for the Parrothead Club um, but which is really fun and awesome, but also it means that like, I don't really do anything else besides yeah. like music, like go to see musicians and stuff. Yeah. So like, I would really love to just go there on a regular trip sometime to do like, I, you know, snorkeling and diving and just like all the sort of stuff that you do when you're like on a relaxing vacation, which as much as I love meeting of the minds, it's not really like a relaxing vacation. <laughs> Because it's kind of like, oh, we got to see this person over here and then we got to go to this. And there's just so much stuff to cram in, you know. So so I definitely like would really like to go there sometime just as a um, just as a regular trip. Uh, And I and I know because of meeting people through the podcast, like I know a good like four or five people that like live there now. Um, So it it would be fun too to actually like meet some of those people in person. so hopefully someday when I can travel again, get to maybe do like a, just a more casual trip there because I do, I do really love it. And, and it's funny when at the very beginning, when you, you were talking about your story about um, sort of Jim B. Buffett and like growing to love him and stuff, like if you're going to go anywhere to, that's the place to like grow a love of Jimmy Buffett like yeah. Key West is the place right like that's like that has so much Jimmy Buffett history there yeah. um so I I guess I I'm not surprised <laughs> that you <laughs> ended up being a fan after visiting there and loving it because it's just like and especially once you are a Jimmy Buffett fan and you go there there's just so many little nuggets like oh that thing was referenced in this Absolutely. song or that yeah. and I, that's the true in the Caribbean too um yeah there's so many things in the songs that like you, when you're visiting different islands in the Caribbean, you're like, oh, this is that thing. Or like, yeah. this is the area that was referenced in that song, which is really fun as a fan to be able to, Absolutely. to sort of find those. So yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly recommend you get yourself down the keys when all of this is over, have a week or two and just zone out and just become one. And it's one of my favorite places in the world. I absolutely love it. And I always it's always nice when you go back to somewhere and it's as good, if not better than you remember. And that's what it was in November for me. Cause it'd been such a big gap between 2005 and last year. 
that you're kind of like, oh, was it as good as I remember? And it just really is. I just love it there. And if ever I was going to move to the States for a period of time, that is where you'll find me. It would be there. Yeah, that's me too. No, I <laughs> uh, would. Have you been to a concert here or before, uh, like yeah. a, a Buffett concert? Well, I've come close. <laughs> I've come close a couple of times, um, but I haven't as yet done it. And it's one of those things that I've got to do. Um, I don't. I don't think it's right for me to be a parrot head and not do that. Um, I think. <laughs> um, the thing is, anyone who has been to the Paris gigs will say, "Oh my God, you're spoiled here. You're absolutely spoiled because these are La Sagal is a small, old theater. It is really yeah. small. Wherever you are." you have this amazing view you're so close it's fantastic I know Ed got into like the capacity and things on the last one but it is it's an amazing building and it's just it's one party um the whole place is jumping literally the floor jumps when (laughs) it's just fantastic (laughs) but to get as close as you get when you're in La Sagal even when you're at the back of La Sagal that's going to cost a fair bit to the, the gigs in right. the States, you know? Right. Um, so I haven't done it yet. I mean, there was one trip I went out to my friends. I'll tell you a story about that. Um, <laughs> uh, in They're in uh, Rockford, um, outside of Chicago. And the, I booked my first trip out there um, before we knew the dates of the Buffett gigs that year. Mm. And it turned out that the night, well, the day I got there, he was playing Chicago. So there was this whole thing. I was like, Oh my God, you know, I'm going to be right there. But I knew how jet lagged I was going to be. And I wasn't going to enjoy it. I would be half asleep, (laughs) barely functioning. And I was just like, no, I just can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. But I do, I do have a bit of a joke because I'm going to know all the friends that I've made through being a parrot head all over the world I call it it's kind of like the parrot head travel network yeah <laughs> like I I have friends all over I mean I've stayed with a friend um in Houston I've stayed with Ed and Joanne in Key West there are parrot heads all over that you know and I think you know they can come and stay with me and we've got that whole thing I've stayed with a friend in um Hollywood Beach and it's it's amazing um, that just got friends all over. Um, but as a story, <laughs> some of these friends, um, when I was going to that first uh, Buffett gig, um, when I sent the message to the per- to see if anyone was coming from Wales, and the person who uh, said that they were coming from Risca, so I was thinking innocently that they were going to be Welsh. Um, <laughs> So when I was I was sitting at the bar at the Hard Rock, and um, this American comes over, and I'm going to do a really bad accent. I'm really apologising ahead of this. Like, <laughs> You're Helen, right? And I was like, Yeah. She said, I'm Carla. I'm from Risca. And I was like, No, you're not. <laughs> That was pretty good, actually. That's a way better American accent than I could do a Welsh accent. <laughs> but like. <laughs> 
it was just so I was like there's no way you're from Risca um (laughs) there was there was no way and we got chatting and basically they had Carla and Aaron had just moved from um the states a couple of months well a few months before to Wales um Aaron was going to do a three-month uh work trip thing to um he was he'd been asked to run the Welsh office from and um I like literally within five minutes that was it and they had their best friends over um it was team Paris and then they've got the Ryder Cup and that was in Wales that year and um the rest is history I mean they they were they'd said that they were from Rockford and my immediate reaction was oh Rockford Peaches which they were just bowled over that I knew who the Rockford Peaches were. Do you know who the Rockford Peaches are? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, have you ever seen the movie A League of Their Own? Oh, yes, I have, but not for a really long time, actually. I should probably rewatch it. I think it's been, I'm trying to, yeah, a long time since I've seen that movie. Okay, so, yeah, it's the team that Madonna's in um, and that Tom Hanks is in charge. Right. Okay. Yeah. Clearly, I haven't seen it for a long time. <laughs> I didn't remember that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they had just moved over. They didn't really know anyone in Wales. I was from Cardiff. I literally was ten minutes away from where they lived, and we just clicked, and that was it. And they are some of the greatest friends I've ever had, and they are family. They lived over here for three years. And um, when they went back, it absolutely killed me, but it's just opened up more adventures. So I've been on three trips to stay with them. Um, And I've got a group of friends now over there um, because of them. And it's just amazing, absolutely amazing. And that same year, I also um, met up with a couple of friends who are also uh, from Chicago who were living in Germany. And they did six years living in Germany. And they are now back over there and they're about an hour from Carla and Aaron's. And when I was over, because I did the Keys for a week and then I went up north up to, it's a bit of a temperature change. (laughs) (laughs) And I had um, almost a week with all my friends up there and we did Thanksgiving and all the rest of it. And it was just awesome. So I've got, you know, I've made the most amazing friends who are all over the place and it's Jimmy's the reason for it. Um, I'm I'm just very lucky that I found it, that I found this thing that just fit with me. I absolutely love it. Um, it just, it, I was looking for where I sort of fit mm. um, before this. I didn't, I loved a lot of things about America um, that was unusual for a Brit. <laughs> <laughs> So I, you know, things like I'd wear baseball caps and t-shirt and jeans. That's my usual attire. Um, I loved um, baseball, basketball, American football. These things are creeping in more over here now. Um, but that with mixed in with my adventure and that love of all things tropical and, you know, that adventurous spirit. And it just all just went click and it just all fell into place. And then I've got all these amazing friends all over. It's just, yeah, I've got a lot to be grateful for. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I, I have made 
a lot of friends um, through the club and, and, you know, being a parrot, parrot head in sort of especially locally and then also like when I would, you know, go to events and stuff, I'd start to meet people. Um, but I'm really grateful for for this podcast to be able to meet like you and Eddie, like people that I never probably would have met in real life, you know, um, because like you said, like when you travel places, it's so nice to, you know, and, and, you know, we've only talked for an hour or whatever, but I already feel like if I ever went to the Paris show, like I would want to meet you and hang out, you know, and, <laughs> and I, and I feel like that's really like, in addition to everything else that Jimmy Buffett's music offers, um, that's like a big part of it for sure. Besides just the actual music and escapism and all that, it's just like really a community, um, which is so lovely. And I'm so glad that that's the case for, you know, other people who might be further outside the bulk of the community. Um, that's, they still, that's still part of the experience. Um, And I do really want to go to the Paris show someday. Hopefully he'll still be playing shows (laughs) long enough that I can go. I'm maybe, you know, in a, in a couple years, I might be able to do that. So, um, and that's the thing, like it, it is, it is, they are very, very special gigs. I will say that anyone who's come over from the States who normally just did the States and it was their first Paris gig or they will all say the same thing. It's just, it's a phenomenal experience to be there. Such a different culture. And then you, you've got all these crazy parrot heads running around <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's just fantastic. And yeah, I highly recommend it. And we will welcome you and give you the VIP treatment without Thank uh, you. <laughs> Yeah, Ed, Ed was like already like, yeah, come to the Paris show next year with us. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can really like afford it, but maybe in a couple years. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely feel like I already have, because especially like I, I have, I now have friends that live, you know, in the same town as me that love Jimmy Buffett. But like, historically, I don't have, haven't had a lot of people, you know, like my husband's not really that into it. Um, my parents really liked it, but that's like what how I got into it but but I don't you know if I was just going to go to the Paris show it'd probably just be me by myself so like to know have those kinds of some sort of friendships or relationships or know people going into it um always makes that a lot more of a comfortable situation I guess than just yeah even though like you said I probably you know whoever I met when I got there I would probably become friends with but but having those sort of like uh people to introduce you to other people and stuff is just really nice so yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, one we one thing that we managed to do um before all this craziness started we were really lucky but um the the sort of uk parrot head group um we had a flocking in manchester oh fun (laughs) the it was the 29th of february so it was literally a few weeks later, lockdown happened. So we were so lucky. Um, but that was so nice because it was, you know, the UK parrot heads getting together. And we had one, one, one American who decided to, to uh, do a visit as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just so nice to be with the UK parrot heads. And I didn't know all of them really well. And it was the first time that I'd spent like proper time with some of them um obviously you know when you're at the gigs you know you've got your your groups of people and then I've sort of flipped between different groups and 
chatting to all different kinds of people. But it was nice to have that that UK community just getting together. And we started at a tiki bar in Manchester. <laughs> there was a tiki bar in Manchester. Um, <laughs> and it was just a great night, but it was just great to just be with the other UK parrotheads and just, yeah, it was just a great night. Great night. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Um, well, Thank you so much for being on. I had a really great time talking to you. It's so fun to hear the perspective of a parrothead that is not doesn't live in America. <laughs> um, if so, people can join the Facebook group if they maybe like if they're going to be going to the Paris show. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you if they want to be friends, like, are you on Facebook? Are you open to friend requests or? Um, I, I, you know, I am <laughs> within reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I don't want to, I don't want to like tell people to friend you if you're like, I don't, I'm not like a Facebook person that wants to be friends with people on Facebook, which is totally okay. <laughs> That's why I asked. But I know like this <clears throat> podcast has, you know, introduced me to a lot of people, but also like listeners, I think have found a lot of you know, like-minded people or people they want to follow or whatever. So I just, if you have any social media you'd like to share, um, you can do that now. And if not, that's totally fine too. No, that's cool. I mean, it, it's easy. Like if you are thinking of coming to the Paris gigs and or any of the European gigs, our Facebook group is great for that. Um, so if you are planning on, on wanting to do it, it's a great community to get to know people and see the events and what's going on. And we also, um, you know, if people have spare tickets, we, you know, we make it easy for people. Um, and it, it, it's a great, it's a great community. Um, we're, we're really lucky that he's still doing these gigs. Um, we Every year we kind of treat it like it might be the last one because you just never yeah. know. Um, and, you know, it's just a really special, special time. And, you know, with these gigs, you never know if you're going to run into him. And quite literally, you do. <laughs> That's so cool. That also like would be much less likely to happen here, you know. Yeah, I mean that happened to me. Um, was, I've met him twice, both times. Oh in- God, why didn't I? Didn't even we didn't even talk. Okay, we need you need to tell me your story. I know I was wrapping it up, but this is very important to hear. So I want to hear your story about when you met him. <laughs> okay, so um, the first time. Um, I, my friend Kim was staying at a particular hotel, um, that Jimmy stayed in and she'd had, uh, a couple of drinks with him, um, a couple of nights before, um, at this hotel. And I was sort of uh, on the sun, on the Sunday, I do a walk to kind of walk off the gigs and just mm-hmm. like, get my head straight and just Smart. have a nice peruse around Paris. And, um, I wanted to see like, how the other half live really because th- this hotel is never going to be something in my price range ever and I knew that when she she checked in Will I Am was checking out so I was just like oh this is like so far from my room <laughs> um, but I part of my walk goes quite close so I decided oh, you know you never know so <laughs> so I went walking by and I thought you know I quite like to see how the other half live so I walked in through the doors and just as I was walking through, he was walking towards me. Oh. And you know, it's that moment of holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to cause a scene. 
you also don't want to miss this one possible opportunity. Yeah. At all. So I did this. Oh, God, it's so cringeworthy thinking about it now. <laughs> I'm standing there. You've got to bear in mind, this place is, you know, decadent, to use a word. It is stunning. And there's me in a Coca-Cola T-shirt <laughs> and baggy khaki uh, trousers with pants. And I just did this kind of low um, wave just to sort of like right down past my waist <laughs> really like this weird look on my face like I was trying to make sure that he knew that I knew who he was but I didn't want to cover the scene so he could walk back the other way if he chose to but he kept walking towards me and I knew he'd um had a meeting with another friend of mine about a Europe a possible documentary about European parrot heads the day before and my name had come up as Helen the Welsh parrot head um it's a name that's now stuck and um <laughs> But um, well, when you're the only one, I mean, well, what can you do? Yeah, <laughs> so I kind of like, you know, he came right over to me, and I was like, "Hi, it's Helen the Welsh Parrothead," and I, I thought that would be my in because I knew my name had been brought up the day before, and he was straight away, "Oh my god, it's so nice to meet you." We shook hands. Oh, oh. how are you doing? And I was like, "Right, I've got it." Literally in one breath, I kind of went into this verbal diarrhea of, "Thank <laughs> you so much for another amazing gig." It was amazing. I was just. <laughs> Like, but still trying to keep it down low. And I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he was like, oh, it's, it's my pleasure. We always have a great time when we're here. And I asked him for a photo. And he said, absolutely, I'm just on my way out to lunch. But yeah, absolutely. Took the photo. And I kind of waited for him to leave. I left. And then I breathed. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I feel like, you know, when you're in that situation, you feel like, oh, I'm making a huge like whatever I'm doing is yeah. probably embarrassing myself but I'm sure like to him he gets that from everybody so I'm sure it's not like he's just used to it you know like yeah. and I so did... I doubt he was like oh this lady <laughs> and I didn't scream or anything like that I was trying to keep yeah. low down as possible and I wasn't jumping all over him or doing anything too insane um but it was just I didn't know if I was ever gonna have another opportunity to stick, oh yeah you gotta go you for know? it um, and then the second time was just outside the venue, um, outside La Segal. It was very brief. Um, but we've tried that year. We tried to organize, uh, myself, Kim and Francesco to interview him before the, one of the gigs, um, for the page, but it was just the way timings were working out. It just didn't work out, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is, I know he, he is as nice as you hope he's going to be. That's, That's one great. thing I will say, you know, he definitely is thankful that he's able to do these gigs and that people want him to do these gigs and that people are, you know, there's in some cases, like with Ed's granddaughter, third generation parrot head now, you know, right. it's incredible. But yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's so great. Well, I'm really glad that we got that in because I, that was a really <laughs> good story. And, and actually that's usually something that I, try to ask most people is like have you ever met Jimmy Buffett but we just talked about so many other things that I forgot so <laughs> I'm really glad you mentioned it at the end because that's such a great story um and I I feel the same like I think 
it's kind of like situational. Like if he was really in the middle of something. Oh yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't, like so with celebrities, it's like, I don't want to, if they're like eating dinner or like something, but like definitely if you're just like passing them in like the lobby of the hotel, like that's the best time to just be like, Oh, Hey, like, I just want to let you know that I think you're great. You yeah. know? And, it, and that was it. it. I literally, I don't think I breathed for the entire, <laughs> it probably was just a couple of minutes. Because I just, I just wanted to be able to like say thank you. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, know, yeah. you never know if you're going to get that again. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I highly recommend you come to Paris, and we'll hook you up. We okay, will. Thanks. Hook you up. I do. I, I am, I am making a plan to try to do that soon. It definitely won't be next year, but maybe like in a couple of years, I'll be able to do that. So hopefully, he'll still be playing there. Um, and I will definitely let you know if that happens. <laughs> um, thank you once again. Now we can wrap it up for real this time. <laughs> I've talked enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could go on talking forever. This is like every episode at the end. I'm like, well, we should probably go. I mean, like I could keep talking for another hour with you, but like, you know, people probably don't want to listen to that. Um, because it's long but um i thank you so much for coming on and uh for just taking the chance when ed was like hey here's the thing do you want to do it uh, i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day um and it was so lovely to chat with you and you too thanks for having me yeah all right have a great rest of your day you too all right <laughs> bye bye Okay. Thanks for listening to that interview. Uh, I hope you had a good time. I had a really great time. Um, it's also awesome. I'm like such a nerd of like, I love, I've never been to the UK, like, but like England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, um, are kind of at the top of my places I would like to visit. Um, I just, there's just so many, so many things about those places that seem like I would, they would really fit my, side the other side of my personality <laughs> that isn't the Jimmy Buffett side I actually have a lot of sides but one of them is very much like I just think I should probably live in like England or Wales um so yeah it was really cool to get to talk to somebody who lives over there and hear about her personal experience um and I'm glad we got that uh Jimmy Buffett uh meeting story in at the end because uh, I would have been sad if I had forgotten to ask about that and we hadn't heard her story because it was a fun fun story um I am so excited to hear about these stories from other people, especially about like the Paris shows and stuff. So if you have cool, fun stories or just want to leave a comment about your experience as um, a parrot head who lives in another country or has been to shows in other countries, um, I'm, I'm, it's been really cool to hear those kinds of stories. So please, please reach out to me if you have comments. Um, if you have a story you want me to tell, um, if you have something really funny, I might, or cool, I could share it on the podcast if you want, even if you're like not a guest. Um, but yeah, I just like to hear from you, especially now that I'm not doing it as often. And I hope you will forgive me for that. But I, I would love to know, like, are you still listening, even though it's not weekly? Um, are you still enjoying it? Um, I'll try to hopefully get some new episodes soon. Um, but I just, I just had such a lovely time chatting with Helen on this one. So, so I really hope you also had a nice time listening to it. Um, and if you do want to leave me feedback, um, also if you like are on Apple podcasts, like leaving reviews on there is very helpful. 
or star ratings. Um, but if you have feedback or stories or whatever, anything, like I said, you can email me at blameitonbuffettpodcast at gmail.com. Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at blamebuffettpod. Um, you can go to, if you go to the episode on Anchor, um, if you do want to support the podcast, get some stickers and stuff, um, you can do that there. There's a, should be a support button on the, just like the main page for the podcast on Anchor. Um, <clears throat> and I really appreciate your support. I do have a job now, but you know, I still have to take time and resources to do, do the podcast. So, so any amount helps, but please, please do not feel obligated to do that. Um, I'm happy to just put this out there for for parrotheads and other uh, tropical lifestyle enjoyers <laughs> that want to listen. Um, you are in no way obligated to do any kind of supporting except with your hearts. Oh, I love you guys. Um, yeah, so I think that's it for this episode. Um, until next time, if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen out there. Blame it 